So earlier today on the Facebook, I came across a uh, someone had edited Darth Vader, but with a cat, like a black cat's head. It was an excellent Photoshop, not typically particularly good Star Wars content, but then I shared it and uh, included, this is Athena watching us as we podcast right after we shut off her water. And sure enough, she is <laughs> watching us with menacing eyes no, right now. Actually, she's not really menacing. She's just kind of chilling. Right, Athena? I don't know. She started swiping at me as soon as I walked in the door. It was because you did immediately encroach in her personal space. But she let you scratch her multiple times today. And if we're talking about Athena, and it's Wednesday night, that means we're in Rachel's apartment. And that must mean that it's Starformers Night. Welcome to Rebels and Robots, episode 22. <gasps> Just I'm like Cameron. Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We're feeling 22. How about you? You feeling 22? I don't know the next line. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I'm not going to that concert. I'm going to a different concert in two weeks. <laughs> this is our weekly chat about Star Wars and... R- Transformers. I always want to say robots. <laughs> I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel. Um, and today's a very special episode. We will be talking about a new Transformers film, Transformers Rise of the Beast. We saw it two days Ooh. ago, so you'll probably hear us fumbling to remember about things that happened outside of our notes, but we'll, we'll get there. It's not as easy to take detailed notes when you're in a movie theater. Correct. Yeah, I had to take notes afterwards. <laughs> Apparently there's rules against that. <laughs> Well, it just it also hurts your viewing of the movie as well. Like it makes it difficult to you'll miss something for sure, but because uh, you're like trying to like look really close because you have your brightness down. Uh, but nonetheless, before we get to today's topic, as always, we talk about news and recent thoughts. Anything from last week, uh, Rachel? You hinted earlier in our conversation about a mistake from last week. Yeah, I was already thinking about Rise of the Beast. So when we watched. Uh the original 1986 movie, The Guy That Spoke Fast. That's not Mirage. That's Blur. That was my bad. Okay. That was not Mirage. Dang. We got so much humor out of I that. Know. And it, did, it wasn't even correct. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. We. It was the spirit that mattered. It was the thought that counts. But so, yeah, that was Blur because he's That makes more fast. sense. That makes way more and sense. And then I realized because we watched an episode time, I was like, Oh, oh my credit yeah my credit's gone down the episode that we watched today yeah i didn't even catch it when you said that was mirage i didn't even consider that he was totally different from the character that we thought was mirage in the movie the actual mirage is very boring <laughs> he can turn <laughs> invisible and that's it <laughs> and he can project himself like a oh can he i didn't catch mirage yeah. he's done it in past episodes he can transform into nothing <laughs> Great. And then stomp around and you can still see his footsteps. They got to show you where he is. That's actually kind of smart. Speaking of which, the episode we watched today, uh, which was the introduction of, what was her name? Nighthawk? Nightbird. Uh, Both her and Mirage are meant to be stealthy, but they're giant robots and they're still clomping around. (laughs) Uh, That's my only note from that episode. But um, anyway, so... We'll jump into, oh, actually, from last week, another note I had as I was listening back, um, a very small note, uh, but we forgot to, we were talking about how Leonard Nimoy is the voice of Galvatron. We forgot to mention that Leonard Nimoy is, that's not his only Transformers appearance. He's the voice of Sentinel Prime in Transformers Dark of the Moon. We totally forgot to mention that. Um, Very small note, but 
it retroactively makes it feel less insane that he's in a Transformers yeah. film when he's been in one since then. Like we we t- totally slipped our mind. Yeah. Um. But the big news from this last week is seemingly the announcement and re- and like a yes. lot of news about a new Star Wars game. Yes. Um. I'm sure there had been announcements that there was a Star Wars game coming somewhat in this vein, but I feel like a lot of information got dumped at once, mm-hmm. including a trailer. Uh, the game is called Star Wars Outlaws. And neither of us have seen the trailer yet. It is canon. Is it? That's really interesting. That's what I've heard. Okay, well let's uh, let's take a look. Uh, and what we know about this so far is it's open world, um, and that's all. That's the majority of what I know about it. Times. <laughs> At least that's what I hear. The Empire. Oh, and I know this is between episode like five and six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Pikes. We got Java with Han and Carbonite. Oh, Vibroblade. Something we have not seen much no. in Disney canon. Which is pretty much Star Wars version of a sword. I want to survive. I have to play their game. Looks like I'm all in. So we're seeing a game of, uh, what's this game called? Is uh, it Sabacc? Sabacc, yes. Bar fight. <laughs> Let's go. Is that Ragnar Vizsla? <laughs> it's not. So we're getting a. That is our our, our main seemingly our main character is running with her little animal companion through a bar. Now she's on a sick little motorcycle thing. Well, it's a speeder bike that looks like a motorcycle. It's a Vespa. <laughs> he's cute. I like. He's very uh, uh, Lilo a uh, Stitch looking. Stitch combined with uh, what are those like lizard things that have like the I don't know, I don't even know how to describe uh, it. Axolotl. Yes. Get off my ship, Jalen. Give me a chance. You're gonna have to trust me. You'll be So this guy named Jalen looks like a mut- another iconic Star Wars character that comes from video games. I had a nickel for each time there was a. Oh, uh, that looks like Canto Bite. Yeah. The underworld shows no mercy. Hikes. But it's a big galaxy out there, and I'm gonna risk it all. So her, she's got like a droid companion who is a, uh, like a droid assassin. I think is what that it looks is. Like a former Star Wars Imperial assassin. So. A notable element for me from this is at. Did you watch the trailer? Oh, where was it? It's who the guy who was in her ship? Where was that? That's here. Right here. So, this guy um, at a minute thirty nine into the trailer looks a lot like Kyle Katarn. Mm. Which I don't know how yeah. to spell that. Um, I mean, he's got the shoulder pad. He's got the beard. He's got the hair. Kyle Katarn was the main character of the Star Wars uh, Shadow of the Empire slash Star Wars Jedi, uh, original Jedi series, Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast, and Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Um, So he was like one of the most popular expanding universe characters Mm pre-Disney. He was, I don't know if he started off as a Jedi, 
I think I think he started off as not a Jedi and then became a Jedi and then gave up on the Force and then came back to the Force. They're good at doing that. He was back and forth. So he was he's this, he's a fun video game character because he's both a Jedi but he was originally like a smuggler. He's actually the one who originally stole the Death Star plans. At least in the yeah. video game universe. I don't know about the I don't know if there was ever a book that covered that, but at least I'm sure there's it's possible there's multiple tellings of that story. Mm-hmm. One of those tellings he was the one who stole the Death Star plans. Yeah. Um, and this looks a lot like him. They, they, she calls him Jalen, but... Jedi are really good at changing their names yeah. after Order 66. Uh-huh. So, um, great character. Been waiting for him to show up. Um, if it's not him, he's clearly inspired by him, which is probably good enough. So, it's his companion is yeah. the uh, the assassin droid or whatever those are called. You could play as those in Star Wars Battlefront. I did find out... I don't know if he talks, but whoever does uh the the sound effects or whatever for the little fuzzy guy yep i have that written down it's d bradley baker d bradley um i was gonna quickly scroll through we've got 10 minutes of official gameplay oh shoot for real i didn't see that it came out uh just two days ago um so definitely not nearly as detailed graphics which is just to be expected. Well, that's what happens when you have very specific cutscenes. Yeah, it's like Star Wars: The Old Republic. Have you seen those? Like, oh, those short movies compared to the actual gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But this still looks pretty good. Um, it looks a lot like Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. I would almost say it's so. It's being developed by uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, that's something to be talk about for sure. Which is pretty much that. Ubisoft has a very dubious reputation amongst video game players. Um, they've made a lot of stuff people really love, mm-hmm. but it, they it's... are also known for making the same exact mistakes over and over. Yeah. And Ubisoft specifically is known for making quote unquote open world games that are pretty empty and uninteresting. Man, I'm going to suck at the combat in this game. <laughs> yeah, this is very basic modern third person shooter uh combat very cover based but star wars yeah um so we're not seeing a lot of particularly interesting um she's in a some sort of uh oh well that looks really pretty so now we've got yeah her riding on the bike and it looks uh pretty pretty smooth um can you pet the companion (laughs) you can pet bd oh he's riding on the back of the of the bike that's cool So here's a cutscene of her talking to the droid. And. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, here we go. Job was more complicated than you said, Duncan. Yeah, so the game. Name of the game is Star Wars Outlaws. So you're playing as a, a criminal in the underworld. That's an Imperial. Yeah. And this feels like this might be trying to play off what was supposed to be. Star Wars thirteen thirteen or thirty one thirty one. I actually have news about that later. Oh, okay, cool. But there, there's but been yes. a, a desire for like an underworld video game for quite some time. Yes. Not underworld, the vampires versus vamp uh, Wolverine uh, wo- werewolves movie series, but criminal underworld. Um, yeah, this could be kind of cool. Probably won't play it. Just because. Yeah. Access to modern video games is an expensive and time-consuming endeavor, but, um... Oh, you get to fly a ship. Oh, ships. gosh. Do we have to fly ships in this? No! <laughs> no! Oh, no! 
Oh gosh, this game's gonna suck for me. <laughs> oh gosh. So this all looks relatively basic, not necessarily bad, but it's kind of standard. But uh, I think it'll be if there's any role-playing elements. I think that's what probably people will be looking for, and yeah. the freedom. So that that was the world from uh, Rise of the of Skywalker. Looks Mexico? like. Or is it no. Oh yeah, the world that was like destroyed in the mm -hmm. beginning. Yeah. Yep. So that's so, coming out next year. So I was complaining because the trailer showed space dog fights. Uh huh. And I hate space dog fights <laughs> so i'm guessing i'm gonna finally need to play squadron so i can practice oh yeah and not die a lot like that was my oh my gosh i used to play battlefront the original battlefront 2 uh -huh. with my brother growing up and he <laughs> liked those levels i hated loved them. them i loved them battlefront 2 so amazing to me i i hated those levels specifically my favorite was hoth and um most nicely with all the heroes and villains turned on I would always play Boba Fett because yeah, you yeah. could lay down C4. And if you got mm -hmm. Yoda chasing after you, you can launch him <laughs> like Incredible. In the air. It's good. I love it. Well, uh, what other news you got? Okay, so on the trend of uh, uh, the Star Wars 1313, uh, Dominic uh, Robilliard, Robilliard, I don't know how to pronounce his name, apologies. Um, who was the director of the canceled Star Wars 1313 game, is working on a new Star Wars game at Skydance New Media. Okay. So not this one. Interesting. But, so, in one of the comments, Star Wars 1312, I hope. But Star Wars 1313 was a canceled game that was going to be, uh, you were a bounty hunter, I believe, mm -hmm. in the depths of Coruscant. Yeah, I think it was potentially. I I don't know if this is ever confirmed, but I remember reading that it was potentially going to end up actually being a Boba Fett game. Oh yeah, my friend. Um, but I, at the very least, it would have been some sort of yeah bounty hunter centric game. Um, apparently, some people are not happy with the outlaw. Well, there are a couple reasons, but some people are like, why they're expecting kind of like Knights of the Old Republic style, where you create your own mm -hmm. yeah. um, character. But I'm gonna be honest. I didn't hear people making those complaints when Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order came out. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, not to get too deep, but um, the actress, whose pronouns I'm not aware of, so I apologize, um, is uh, Latin queer. Oh, interesting. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that. But so I believe also the actor for... I really haven't looked up much Outlaws information because mm -hmm. I wanted to watch the trailer. Yeah. Um, but the actor who also voices the droid is also uh, Latino. So... Very interesting. Super cool. But I um, I'm, I think it looks really fun. Yeah. And it's... Open... To address what you're talking about, open world does not mean RPG. No. RPG means RPG. RPG. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, I don't know if the marketing team has been making this direct comparison, but a lot of people have been comparing it to Grand Theft Auto. Like, like as far as like open world element, yeah. you can't, you can change your character's appearance in Grand Theft Auto, but you can never, you've never been able to choose not your, your character. character. Yeah. Um, Except in like the online and that's not the story. Yeah, that's a totally different. Yeah, it's online multiplayer. 
Yeah, so it's a it's an incredibly strange like to say you want a new Star Wars role playing game is one thing, but to just assume a game should be a role playing game mm-hmm. is a whole other thing. I did hear rumors from my coworker. I haven't been able to find a base for this that uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake is back on. I know it had been shelved last September, <laughs> but supposedly it's been back. It's back in production, but I was kind of struggling to find some information. But if that's true, that's like three new star wars video game stuff hmm. yeah very interesting um what else you got uh so i don't really know how accurate this is um uh supposedly the three upcoming star wars movies got release dates and we know how true those we know how accurate yeah. those are well but- specifically i they i don't know if delayed is the right word but they got I think later release dates than originally intended because of the writer's strike. Yep. Um, and two of them are in 2026. Yeah. I believe Dave Filoni's is that May 22nd, mm-hmm. 2026. Um, the new Ray movie is December 18th, 2026. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a cute comment that was like, that's, that is Ray's month. And I was <laughs> like, that's pretty accurate. Um, and then December 17th, 2027 for that, uh, the, the, the one. origin of the Jedi yeah, origin movie. Of the Jedi, yeah. yeah. So when this got released, someone said something I think was a pretty accurate observation, which was Disney did not learn their lesson. Um, or Lucasfilm. I, I feel like I tend to like when things go wrong, I blame it on Disney. Um, but it, whoever, whoever's in charge of the scheduling did not learn their lesson, mm-hmm. which is you should not be releasing Star Wars movies too close together. Um, I think they're maybe panicking a tiny bit because it's been so long. But by 2026, it will have been seven years. Technically, May 2026, it will have been like seven and a half years mm-hmm. or six and a half years since they released a live action Star Wars movie. Um, and so they were trying to get them out quickly. The last time they released a Star Wars movie less than a year apart, the second one was Solo, mm-hmm. which bombed financially horribly. And just got buried. And now the specific release date mattered. Are you watching the kitty? I am. She's eating. So I could, <laughs> I could our, hear it. So. Our uh, semi-weekly uh, munchin on the pod. We should just live stream Athena <laughs> on like YouTube or something. Um, Solo had the immensely uh, lack of benefit, whatever the opposite of benefit, the uh, disadvantage of releasing in the same month as uh, I know Infinity War and Deadpool 2 came out that yeah. month. Uh, and there was probably more. And then uh, after. See, before it matters, but also after. Because in, in the film world, it's uh, a movie has legs is if it does well. Like the, the run. Like a movie needs to do well on its opening weekend normally. But also like movies like Avatar. The normally December releases. But like movies like Avatar or... Uh, uh, Titanic, or those are obviously the huge, big examples, but even something like, um, oh, dang it, now I'm gonna totally blink on the name of the movie. Um, Hugh Jackman is, uh, owns a circus and also sings. Oh, uh, The Greatest, Greatest Showman, Showman is a movie that's famous for not opening very strong, but, ha- but because nothing else came out in January mm-hmm. and February, it made a lot of money over time. When you release a movie in the summer, Star, Star, modern, every other Star Wars movies come out in December and it had the benefit of January and February having a long time to run. Solo did not. Nonetheless, 
they are seemingly not learning their lesson and still releasing these stars. And ultimately, that does not matter for us, the audience, in the short Will run. Will I be seated? Yes. Uh, yes. We'll still see the movies. And the financial success of the films does not directly influence us. But, like, solo bombing is a bummer because we didn't get sequels to it. And I, not necessarily that we needed sequels. I, I wanted one of two things. Either you make one solo movie that is the entire story and you do it one time. Mm-hmm. Or you make multiple and you make them. Mm-hmm. We got the worst case scenario. One solo film that doesn't tell the complete story. Yep. That sucks. Um, so that we do. We the, the fans are hurt by that. And that we don't get the complete story that we wanted. And I think solo is a lot of fun. And there was there was and, and it was room for growth. So a sequel could have potentially improved. The cast was phenomenal. Um and also if that show movie had done better, we probably would have gotten the Lando show by now, mm-hmm. which I also want to see. Yeah. Speaking of solo, mm-hmm. obligatory, I do not know how accurate this is. But um so this new source, uh, giant freaking robot mm-hmm. posted that supposedly Dave Filoni's Star Wars movie will be bringing back Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo and recasting Leia. Good. Because I hope it, so. Uh, me too. It's between six and seven. I loved Alden. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think one of the things is um, Harrison Ford hates Han Solo, but he <laughs> likes Al- he liked Alden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember at the time I read a really great interview with Alden Ehrenreich, and he talked about meeting with Han, mm-hmm. with Harrison Ford, and they pretty much just hung out. Yeah. Um, and Alden struck an incredible balance of still resembling Han Solo, which means you have to resemble Harrison Ford, but making the character his own and mm-hmm. still feeling Han Solo. So it was like one-third Harrison Ford, one-third Han Solo as a character, and one-third Alden Ehrenreich, which was an incredible mix. It was an incredible mm-hmm. balance. I really thought he nailed it, so- and it was great. Yeah, I would love to see him come back in a movie set between six and seven. I feel like it would make sense. With any rumors like that, especially this far out from the movie, if the movie's not coming out for another three years, um, who knows? It could be true as of now and Mm -hmm. then become untrue in two years. You never know. Um, But just theoretically, um, I I very much prefer them recasting the young versions of Luke Han and Leia rather than mo-capping uh, mo-capping I another podcast I was listening to this last week they had an interesting um insight not specific knowledge but like uh perspective on this which is it's possible if you look at the way Disney is orchestrating things it's possible that you kind of see their agenda which is to not create movie stars mm. you see two things like that in Star Wars you see the obsession with creating a digital Luke Skywalker and, okay, and everyone having their face covered in Mandalorian. Yeah. They don't like the idea of giving an actor too much power. And I think, I okay, I love Mark Hamill. I'm so excited that they're still bringing him on. But the mocap can only go so far. And gosh, the body double looks just like him. Absolutely. And... On one hand, I always have a little bit of respect for anything like they did with their version of Luke because yeah. in order to accomplish 
new technology, you have to do it not so ideally in order to get there. Mm-hmm. So I, I commend all of the like technicians who For made sure. it happen. They did their job excellently. They're, it's not their job to make creative decisions. They For have sure. been hired to do it. They did a great job. Yeah. It's the decision-making behind it that mm-hmm. I question, the creative process, the uh, the kind of cynical money reason behind it. Yeah. Um, yes, like this stuff, kind of stuff, like I think like there are good examples of it, like Furious 7, when Paul Walker died mid-production, similar technology allowed them to finish the movie. Yeah. That's a great motivation for mm-hmm. that. And props to them, they have not brought him back. I think it's inevitable that they do. There's going to be minimum one more, potentially three more Fast and Furious movies upcoming. The chance, the more movies that come out, the higher the chance there is that we see a digital version of him. But it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. Nonetheless, um, it, it, uh, we're talking about kind of like gray area here. Mm-hmm. Um, for in my opinion, ideal situation is live action actors. For sure. So, so this is the bit I was talking about. I forgot to do this. So, um, <laughs> sometimes when uh, your podcast co-host gets married, sometimes he gets married um, in, in their hometown. <laughs> and sometimes uh, that hometown has a really nice pop culture store. And sometimes when everyone else is getting ready for the rehearsal dinner, you leave everyone else an hour early before it starts so you can go check out. And so I would like to show you my haul from that day. This is great. Shout out to Entertain Mart, Um, which we might be giving away where we live, but I'm going to Google search if it's in other states. And if it is, I'll leave it in. If it's not, if it's only in in our state, I'm going to censor it. Um, So anyways... The funny part is we're at the rehearsal dinner and I'm like, Cameron, do you want to know the toys I got? And he was like, yes. And then, you know, the rehearsal dinner happened. So and then they got, you know, he got married. So we couldn't do this. So I'm going to show Cameron on live reaction what I bought (laughs) from that store. Um, I'm going to start out. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Star Wars and or Cassian and or. These right, are all black look. series figures. Unfortunately, by the way. we cannot see the actual figures. He's, should I open them? If you want to. Oh gosh, uh, I think I need a that, knife. That's up to you. I've got a knife right here. Okay. It's wait. my vibro blade knife. Remember? Oh yeah. I <laughs> I'm about to get shaked. I love that gun so much. The gun that he had in the show, where like the barrel on the inter- inside of the gun like uh-huh. flips around when it runs out of ammo. So we so got good. Cassian. So this is my second Cassian Andor figure. The other one is the Rogue <laughs> One version. Nice. Um. So here we we're gonna pull him out. Oh gosh. Hope I didn't rip the box. I will cry. That's my favorite thing. I love the boxes. Such a packaging gal. Okay. Entertain Marts. There are multiple across the country, so it is not. <laughs> Good luck figuring out. And actually, it's not even in our town. Yeah. We don't actually live there. Uh, Yeah, so so that's why it was so exciting for you. mummified. (laughs) Uh, Is this him post-Rogue One? Actually, there would have been nothing to bury. There's nothing left. Um, (laughs) Oh, this is a hefty boy. This is our unboxing podcast, apparently. It is the unboxing podcast. Oh, gosh, he's hefty. He's got a nice little jacket. His Good little, little boots. Jacket. Boots with the... F- oh, I could put them all on your laptop tonight. I like his, tonight. his uh, 
His belt is very yeah. cool. He's got his, little oh, like his, his weapon is over here. I apologize. I didn't unwrap it. He doesn't have like a holster for his gun though. It's because he holds it. Because <laughs> he's a white man, he's ready to kill. No, he, he's not. <laughs> oh, he's well. Yeah, uh, kind he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go without his gun tonight because I can't. I don't want to take take it out and lose it because someone might eat it. <laughs> Am I talking about Athena or Cameron? The world may never know. <laughs> you can give him Barbie feet. Barbie feet. This is, this is stealth mode. That's <laughs> With him on his tiptoes. Ow. Pinched me. Dang. Yeah, he's a little okay. stiff. Um, so, yeah. That's one. I don't know if I'll unbox the other ones. Um, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but we can unbox him. Anyways. Do we want to reveal how much you spent on this? Because I can see the price from here on the box. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if you can do basic <laughs> math. I've just gotten paid. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. And we've got Senator Mon Mothma from the Andor series. Mm -hmm. Very In nice. Take a look. stunning white outfit. Yeah, like, That nice. doesn't narrow it down, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's she's, cool. She's got a lot of them. Yeah, like, I feel like I don't really uh, look too closely at costumes while the show's watching, but this is a good opportunity to really look at the costumes and appreciate them. So we have Mon Mothma, our queen. And are, you re are you ready? Are yes. you ready? Are you ready for the What do you got? Is it, is it the cameo I, king? Is I, this a jump scare? No. Oh, oh, it's the other. Gosh! It's the real star of Andor, Luthen Rail. I did not know his last name. He's got, like, a shiv. He's a white man. He's ready to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have my very own Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, it just—it'd be funny if it said Stellan Skarsgård adds Luthen Rail. It's the—it's a toy of the character <laughs> in costume as the character. That is super cool. Do we need to take him out? He's great. If you want to, do you need to see to the mini Stellan Skarsgård? <laughs> I do. I do think it would be funny if there there was a Bix character, um, Cassian's friend. She was mm. the one that was, and I just. I like her. I didn't really want to buy another one. That's fair. Granted, I think this I think is this also is a good basically collection. what shipping would be. Uh huh. If I bought them singularly, tell me why they were selling Grogu for thirty bucks. Oh, surprising! He took he takes up five percent of the oh. packaging. <laughs> yeah, it was well, so stupid. I was actually kind of mad. Did he come with like any extra stuff? Like he his... came with the pram. He's he's trapped. <laughs> Why is Luthen? I need I actually need the knife again. He's oh. like buried in there. Um, it was actually really dumb because I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He takes up like twenty five percent of. Um, I don't actually know if that worked. You, you got it. Yeah, twenty five percent of the packaging and he's about the size of a quarter <laughs> so i don't know i was well, kind of like this no offense to entertain mart but like i know y'all are you're paying for the character yeah i i don't know if i can get him out without like <laughs> do it you need to cut it from a different angle there you go. Oh, i'm ripping the packaging <laughs> today's podcast brought to you by cardboard Hasbro. Hasbro, please sponsor me. <laughs> Maybe if we get above 10. We talk about two of your franchises, please. <laughs> kind of. Are these made by Hasbro? Hmm. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good looking Stellan Skarsgård. 
Good looking man. Good looking man. So his most of his jacket is separate, unlike Andor. Andor had no separate clothing, but he's the so, sleeves are still part of his body. He's so hefty. Oh, he's got I did not know he had uh suspenders. That's Cute. fun. Does it come with uh intense monologue action? It comes with the monologue written on his hand. It should come with this sick I bike. I burned my life for a sunrise, I'll never it should. Oh, Obviously, vehicles no are sold separately. Um, yeah, you can make so, it be the robot, though. So sometimes when your best friend is getting married, you uh, <laughs> leave everyone else early to go to the Entertain Mart and buy Star Wars toys. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm in that town, I'm like, hmm, how can I get away? <laughs> well, I'm glad I introduced you to that place. Thank you. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Would you like to hear my uncle's hot take? About Star Wars? Sure, why not? So so we were at dinner. At, I'm going to very quietly rewrap uh, <laughs> I can do it while you tell the story if you want. Um, so what happens is we were talking about Star Wars. So Swarovski is a crystal company, and they're coming out with a new Boba Fett crystal figurine. Oh, I saw this online. Wow, yeah. I might come into contact with that at some point. <laughs> Anyways... Um, Wow, this is taking a lot longer than I was expecting. Okay, so my uncle was talking about... We were talking about Star Wars, because we were talking about Star Wars, and he bought... He talked about Legos he bought. He was telling me, he was like, well, fortunately, you guys didn't have to wait around for years for the second Star Wars, and turn out it sucks. And I looked at him, and I was like, I forget which one. And I was like, did you mean Empire Strikes Back? He was like, yeah, we had to wait years for that, and it was terrible. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> because I also think it's just okay. Dang, dude. And I was like, Dang, I dude. really think Return of the Jedi is better. And he goes, yes. So Dang, this dude. is like groundbreaking for me. And so it was just really funny because I was like, wow, I don't really hear people say that outside of myself. So I was like, wow, common ground. So that is... I think that was a fairly commonly held belief at the time. Like, a lot of people were kind of annoyed with it at the time. Mm -hmm. Some people said it was too, weird criticism, too similar to New Hope. Like it was, like, more of the same. Um, obviously, people, some people were put off by the uh, the ending. Um, yeah, I could go, I could spend a whole podcast talking about why Empire mm -hmm. rules. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today... We are talking about Transformers. We are. Specifically, Transformers Rise of the Beast, a new film directed by Mr. Oh, I had his name and I lost it. Does is second. it not Travis Steve... Knight? No, Travis Knight did Bumblebee. This is Stephen Keepel Jr. Uh, most notably, he also directed Creed 2, which is a pretty good movie. Um, he also His other movie that he directed is called The Land, which I've never seen. Hmm. Oh, he did an episode of Transformers Earth Spark, the cartoon. Oh. Which is kind of fun. Um, and the film also stars Anthony Ramos as our lead human character, Noah Diaz. I actually um, didn't mind him. He's all right. Yeah. Um, he is in Hamilton. He is in, in the movie In the Heights. He's in A Star is Born uh, 2018. Uh, Liam ne Neeson movie Honest Thief. Uh, he's the voice of the piranha in the animated film The Bad Guys. Oh. Uh, let's see. Anything else notable? That 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 
uh, and the voice of King Trollex in Trolls World Tour. Oh, boy. That was the first movie he... Oh, never mind. That's not, oh, we talked about this recently. Uh, previously, he was also in Godzilla King of Monsters. Yes, he was. Um, and that is all I recognize. Uh, we've also got Dominique Fishback as our female lead, Elena Wallace. I liked her. Um, we'll talk about it. I did not love her. But also, I don't know if it's her fault. The screenplay is not great when it comes to dialogue. Yeah. Um, she was in Judas in the Black Messiah, Project oh, Power, Night Comes On. Um, anything else? The TV show The Deuce, uh, The Hate You Give. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Americans. Only that's only one episode. Um, <laughs> in the 2014 TV show The Nick, she was in one episode credited as Black Woman. Oh. <gasps> No. <laughs> That's what it says. Um, anyways, um, additionally, we've got um, Toby. McGuire? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Nwigwe? N-W-I-G-W-E. I'm probably butchering that. Um, he's like our comic relief character. Is he a rapper? I'm guessing he's a rapper because he's in a bunch of music videos. Oh, the guy who is helping Noah steal cars. Yes, he's he, yeah, he's Noah's friend. Yes, and he's he's the licorice man. He's the yes, Twizzler man. Yeah. He's kind of similar to the hacker character <laughs> from the first Transformers film. Yeah, he's a rapper primarily than an actor. Well, you know what? Considering that, he wasn't too bad. Yeah, he was all right. He was funny. I think the movie thought we would like him more than we did, but he's all right. Twizzler um, bit was kind of funny. That's all right. Just have a Twizzler. Those are our three lead characters. Oh, then you have the little boy, uh, Noah's younger brother, played by Chris Diaz. No, sorry, that's the character's name. Uh, his name is Dean Scott Vasquez. Um, anything notable? He's also in In the Heights. Mm. Um, Man, we're two out of three characters without yeah. Manuel Miranda. Let's keep it that way. Yeah, he was in one episode of Mr. Robot, um, one episode of The Blacklist. He was in a uh, something called Theater Camp. Um, anyways, um, so, those, and then, and then you've got your Transformers themselves. Woo! Um, you got Optimus Prime voiced by Peter Cullen. Mm, the man. No surprise there. Um. Unless your next year's movie. The, oh, the, the animated one. Right, right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hold my breath. Um, we've got Ron Perlman, aka Hellboy. Um, as Optimus Primal. Monkey. Uh, we've got Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is his character's Scourge. name? No, what's his character's name in Game of Thrones? Oh, <laughs> Tyrion Lannister. Yes. Uh, also famous for being in the movie Elf and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and a bunch of other stuff. He's in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but he is the movie's lead villain. I'm now realizing there's no human villain in this movie. Which is a first for a Transformers film, unless, an animated, I mean, a live action one. Unless you count the state of uh, the, uh, oh man, I had the, such a good joke. Unless you count the state of uh, uh-huh. of, of uh, capitalized healthcare. I don't know. Oh yeah, the, the American, American medical system, system. <laughs> is the is the villain. Um, you've got Michelle Yeoh as Air Razor, oh, um, MVP of this movie. I think, uh, so I think she steals the show. 
Uh, Pete Davidson as Mirage. He's a lead tra- Transformer for the film. Not as bad as one really might surprising. expect. Um, Liza Koshy as RC, she who you okay. informed me was a TikToker. Vine. Oh, Vine star. Yeah, wow. she dated David, David Dobrik back in the day. No idea what that means. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know what the concept of dating and a person's name is. I don't know who that is. That's okay. You don't need to know. Uh, you got the man, John DiMaggio. Voice actor known for Bender the Robot and Jake the Dog. Um, He voiced both Transit and Stratosphere. Um, Mm. And then I'm going to check these other... As typical, we always check the voice actors to see if they've ever been in the other franchise that we covered. I wonder what Peter Cullen's done. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So... um, I doubt Liza Koshy's been in anything else. No. uh, So both... All three of these characters, Rhinox, Battletrap, and Apeling. Oh, I believe they are the original voice actors. Okay, so he's played uh, by David Sablov. I could also be wrong. I've never seen Beast Wars, and I probably never will because I'm not, and I don't like to be an an animation style snob, but (laughs) (sighs) I just can't. So David Sablov was, uh, funny enough, another Gorilla character, voice of Gorilla Grodd in the Flash TV show, which is pretty funny. Uh, He's the voice of Blitzwing in the Bumblebee live action movie. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um... Early this this year, he did voices for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which, side note, really excellent. I, ha- I highly recommend you check it out. Um, looking to see if he ever did any Star Wars work or any other Transformers work. Uh, let's see, Star Wars. Um, in the Vader VR series, he's the oh, voice gosh. of the Black Bishop and Lord Corvax. In Star Wars Battlefront 2, he was the voice of Doros. Um, and he also did some other Star Wars video games. Any other Transformers stuff? Um, in Transformers Prime, he was Shockwave. So there you go. Hey, speaking of things we should watch. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I know. Uh-huh. We haven't we talked should. about it yet. We should. There's a Transformers reference. Or there's... <laughs> Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. a Star Wars reference in one of those episodes. Cracks me up go. every time. Um, so then you've got Nightbird, who is the lead uh woman tra- fem- fembot. What do they call them? Femes. Femes. That's what I've heard. Uh like like that's what I've heard. And so they're not bot according yeah, to G1. Uh-huh. Yikes. I'm I'm blanking. Are they they're not fighting Decepticons in this movie. Who are they fighting? Terracons. Terracons. So the lead female Terracon is Nightbird, and she's played by Michelle Jai MJ Rodriguez. Um, and she is from Tick Tick Boom and a TV show called Loot. And I am not really recognizing anything else on here. Um, anyways. Oh, and then you've got Wheeljack is played by Cristo Fernandez, who is, I know him from Ted Lasso. He is Danny Rojas. He's really good in that. And he was also a bartender in Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Do not remember him in that. Is Ted Lasso the show where that guy does the pay it forward thing in the drive through and then goes around and orders 55 burgers, 55 Shakes is that Ted have, Lasso? It, it's the it's about an American becoming a, a British soccer uh, coach. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. Huh. I'm it confused. It could be the same thing. And then finally, uh, Unicron is voiced by Coleman Domingo, who um, I definitely recognize. He's in movies like Lincoln and Selma, and he's in the show Fear the Walking Dead. 103 Do you know who episodes. Else is in Selma. Oh my gosh. Okay, fair enough. Who is you know in. Who I, else is in. Yeah, who's in Selma? <laughs> David Oyelowo. And why is that relevant? Because I love him. <laughs> why also, do you love him? He plays my favorite Star Wars Rebels character. Who is? Agent Callus. Yeah, okay. I was going to make you go all the way until you said it. <laughs> um, um, who are we talking about? Coleman Domingo trying to fill the shoes of one notorious... Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Dang it. I always drop this actor's name. He played Unicron in the original movie. Dang, I'm dropping it at the moment I need it. Very famous director that died five days after. Uh, where is it? Where is Orson Welles. Or, thank you. You're welcome. Fun fact, the budget of Citizen Kane was $839,000. Of what was? The budget of Citizen Kane. Oh, I've never seen that film. Um, so Coleman Domingo trying to fill the, the shoes of Orson Welles. Um, anything else? He's in the movie Birth, the the... Not the original Birth of a Nation, the 2016 movie, The Birth of a Nation. Um, he's also in The Butler, 42. Yeah, okay. We spent enough time on this. That didn't really go anywhere. Just given, trying to give the anyone who hasn't seen it an idea of this, the, the cast in this movie, um, everyone at least does okay, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Um, oh, we all, um, I meant to say this in my notes. Um, we also have, uh, well, I got too many, I got too many, uh, notes. Um, uh, Luna Lauren Velez. Okay. Who oh, plays, yeah. Uh, who is, uh, bringing in the money this year. She <laughs> is in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse as, uh, Miles' mom and also plays, um, Chris and Noah's mom in Rise of the Beasts. Nice. There you go. You are totally correct. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, so, opening scene. The Terracons are trying to help Unicron find a way to traverse the universe. He's mm-hmm. stuck in one galaxy. So he can eat planets. Yeah, I, I thought the assumption was that he's pretty much eaten every planet in that galaxy, and he has no way to escape that galaxy, and there's a key. Do you remember what the key was called? The Transwarp key. The, is that from any previous existing canon? It's probably from Beast Wars. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> One A show neither of us have seen. <laughs> and probably won't see. So um, I'm going to bring up the Wikipedia page to see if it can help us with some what of the What about the TF nouns. Wiki, though? Oh, you think that's probably a better summary uh, of this movie? Yes, I think the TF Wiki is probably going to be a better source of Transformers information. Okay, Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beats, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> Transformers Wiki. Robots in the sky. Um, okay, here we go. I already got one. Um, nice. So... The Terracons, led by Scourge. Um, so there's pretty much three main Terracons. Um, we already mentioned the other one as well. What was her name again? Nightbird. Nightbird. And then you've also got... Something Trap. Battle Trap. Battle Trap. Who I think looks sick. He does look really cool. His head looks like... It's, it's kind of a very modern design in a lot of science fiction. Um, some of the uh, Jaegers from... Pacific Rim kind of looked like that. Some of the helmets in the newer Halo game kind of look like his head. A lot of other science fiction, like like Halo S games, have helmets that look like that. I think it was a really good design. 
Um, barely contributes to the movie, but he looks cool. Hey, that's He's all, a Boba that's... Fett of this movie. <laughs> oh, what a Boba Fett. Um, so Unicron's trying to get this key. He's sending the, uh, the, the Terracons in his path. They, the Terracons feel very much like this movie's replacement for... The Decepticons. Well, not Decepticons, but um, specifically Megatron in the animated film. Oh, Galvatron. Galvatron. Galvatron Thank you. And the minions. Yeah, yeah, they feel like yeah. they they're directly their power is directly connected to Unicron. At some point, they mention that Scourge is like Unicron's in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really have free will, something like that. Like how he was, like how Galvatron was. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, they I feel like they don't want to do. The, the, the amount of time and effort it would be to establish Megatron in this reboot movie, which, to take a step back and give the movie some context in the franchise, effectively, the movie the series has kind of taken an X-Men approach to continuity. I, it can't be a reboot at this point. Like, it is and it isn't. Yeah. Because this movie is blatantly disregarding the Bay films, but Bumblebee's the exact same Bumblebee from the Bay films. Um, and this movie is a light continuation of the Bumblebee film, which itself has multiple references to the Bay films. Mm -hmm. That movie was a soft reboot. So this is a incredibly soft sequel to a soft reboot. So at this point, it's kind of like the, the X-Men films. They had their original three films. Then they had a terrible X uh, Wolverine prequel that was kind of a prequel, kind of its own thing. And then they did X-Men first class, which was supposed to be a prequel to the original films, but also kind of starting a do continuity. That's kind of what this feels like. This feels like those later X-Men films that were technically prequels to the original mm-hmm. films and made references and used similar actors to the original films, but ultimately were their own storyline. And, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where unless they try to do some serious, serious connecting of the dots, mm-hmm. because the last night ended with choosing the continuity of Earth being Unicron, yeah. Yeah. Unless they try to do some timey-wimey stuff that's like, yeah. oh, there were two the entire time. Yeah, I, I think they're trying, there's some desire to in, to distance themselves from the Bay Formers, but also I, I'm pretty sure Michael Bay's a producer on this movie, though. Um, at the very least, there was a company called Bay Pictures that yeah, was- Yeah, we a, did see that. So I didn't necessarily see his name. I'm going to try to find it here in the credits. Um, yeah, he's a producer on this film, so he's not- now, producer can mean a great variety of things. It could be just in his contract, because there's like one guy who in his contract is in perpetuity a producer on Batman movies, mm-hmm. even though he's not involved at all. Mm-hmm. That could be something like that. Michael Bay's contract could say he's going to be a producer no matter what until a certain year, a certain number of movies. Um, so, because I know when they, after four, like, I think after three, they weren't really sure what to do with the series. For those who haven't seen you had in a very quick succession, like every couple years, you had Transformers 1 in 2007, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen in 2009, and then you had uh, Dark of the Moon in 2011. And then all three did really well financially. The latter two did not do well critically. And they were kind of, and every time, every time Michael Bay said, I'm not coming back for another one. And he always did. I don't think they knew exactly what they wanted to do after three. They brought back Michael Bay, but totally reset the cast and came back with Mark Wahlberg in Transformers 4, which is called Age of Extinction. And that started a kind of a new series, and it did really, really well financially. It, but again, terribly critically. I think after 4 did so well, and they saw the launching of franchises with something like Marvel, they wanted their own Marvel. 
So they started putting together a whole plan to expand the franchise out. And then Transformers 5, The Last Night came out and bombed real hard. It made a decent amount of money, but it was also crazy expensive. And uh, then Bumblebee came out and only did okay. Did well critically, was less expensive, but mm-hmm. also... So, th- so that put them in this weird position of, this is not really a very strong, viable franchise anymore, at least in this continuity. Bumblebee fans liked. We can kind of use that goodwill. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we are with this movie. Um, anyways, to get back on I will plot. say they did make a good choice in four and five with Stanley Tucci. Correct. Um, <laughs> he's weird and fun, and I think this movie lacks that kind of energy. I love when Stanley Tucci is weird because he was also Caesar Flickerman in The Hunger Games. Yeah, that's true. He's I also love... the best part of those movies as well. He's also in, uh, bah, what's that cooking show? Or the movie about, he uh, plays the husband of... Wow, I have no a, idea what you're talking movie. about. Uh, the husband of a movie. <laughs> the husband of a famous baker. Martha and Martha? Oh, Julie and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> about Julia Child. Yes, anyways, <laughs> I husband, didn't know he was so. in that. I've never well, seen it. He was. He plays the husband well, very of nice. Julia. Yes. Julia, um, yeah. I think, I think I'm glad you brought that up. We can talk about it a little bit. But I think this, as I was watching this movie, I think the way I described it, so we also saw it with our friend Bobby and my wife. And, my wife <laughs> yes thank you um i'll elaborate more as we get more into our actual review of the movie but i think the way i explained it is this m- movies in general you can kind of compare to different kinds of people this movie is for the most part as far as transformers films and action films go a pleasant uh kind person y- you like it's fine to be around them but they're not particularly memorable whereas the bayformers films are pretty obnoxious annoying people who are very interesting to talk to we did tell your wife the truth about devastator (laughs) yes um i think the bayformers films while obnoxious and annoying are incredibly memorable Mm -hmm. and you don't like necessarily being around them but they stick in your head um but anyway and i think stanley tucci really embodies that energy very well in those last two movies and yeah, i do, there's not man. a performance like that in this movie no um so we Can were talking about, they just brought him back i would love a, that as a third just character throw him in. he already played two different two, two totally, totally different, different character characters. characters keep doing it that'd be a great bit the stanley tucci reoccurring cameo <laughs> that'd be an awesome bit. so good i mean they already do it with stan lee he could be this series stan lee <laughs> They used to. Rest in, rest in peace, Stanley. Yeah. Um, um, so, so we, I guess, <laughs> so we're we're in that first scene where the Terracons are being sent to this, um, not quite Earth, but a similar lush planet mm-hmm. to find the transwarp key, and not just them, but there's some other unnamed ones trying to find the key, and we come across our first shot of the Maximals, mm-hmm. where we have, I did not catch his name, Ape Link, something like that. I couldn't tell if it was a Q or a G. I don't know if it was a typo. But either way, I think the pronunciation would be quite somewhat the same. Uh, Apeling or ain't blink? I don't I know how you pronounce a Q at the end of a word. Uh, I was thinking like a K, like 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 a yeah. It was link. a I think it was a Q at the oh, end. Okay. But anyways, fancy. Um, so the Maximals are like, oh crap! What do we do? So they're and the keepers of the key. Yes. they're the ones who are defending it. Um, so we see kind of our cast, and then we have Ape Link, who tells the others to leave in what is their version of the arc, and to take the key with them. Mm. And then he dubs 
uh, Optimus Primal with his official title. Oh, yeah. They escape. A um, name that makes me laugh every time because he's a big monkey boy. Big monkey. Um, uh, so for, for context, the Maximals are Transformers who... They, I, they're tra- they don't transform into animals. They transform... No, sorry. They don't transform into vehicles. They transform into animals. I, th- I don't know if they're considered techno-organics. They're almost like a weird middle ground where their mm. armor kind of looks a little fleshy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, they but, have kind of hair. Yeah. Like the, the bird has feathers for sure. Granted, they're giving beards to everyone in some of the trans the Bay yeah, films. Yeah, So it that's could true. just be that. But so um, Scourge comes out, uh, kind of decimates a- Ape Link very quickly. And um, yeah. they see the arc fly off and they and, realize they've been foiled. I think this opening scene is very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely felt the connection between Ape Link and this. Wow, this, the moment I say it out loud, it sounds very silly. Ape Link and Optimus Primal. Uh, they, I don't know. It felt like this very father son mentor mentee relationship. I don't know exactly what their relationship to one another was, but it felt genuine. Like mm-hmm. like, oh, this there's actual emotion between these two. Who's the headbutt? Yeah, I thought it was very cute. Um, and it was very sad when. Ape Link uh, got absolutely wrecked in two seconds. Fight did not last very long at all. Um, and while I don't think that ultimately Scourge is a particularly interesting villain, I did enjoy at least in that first scene mm-hmm. that um, Peter Dinklage was just going for it. It's very reminiscent oh. of all the villain performances from the original show, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I will say I find it interesting when I when we see scourge's um design uh because he looks like another uh similar probably if i see him side by side there wouldn't be as many similarities but it was the mask really that made me think of an idw villain tarn who has a mask that is basically the decepticon symbol it's basically like it's very showy but Hmm. absolute war criminal horrible horrible person (laughs) but it it just kind of felt a little similar, especially with like the hunting down and taking of symbols. Which oh we yeah, see. that is the one cool gimmick that that Scourge has is that he steals the logos off of his victims. Insignia, insignias. Thank you. I think I think that's pretty cool. It's pretty brutal. It makes and, it gives him a distinct look. And he has a lot. Like when we see him in this first scene, he snatches the uh, maximal signal, and he. Mm-hmm. Well to himself and he has a lot yeah is there any any particular logos in there that stood out to you other than i really would have needed to have seen yeah. a photo um i think there was one of uh, i keep wanting to say protectors but that's star wars let me see if i can find an image uh uh they're on his grill yeah um, um while we're looking this up i also wanted to just note so something that is not really fully explained and i probably would have never really thought about and if i didn't know that so um, these Maximals, they come from the, the Transformers cartoon Beast Wars, which takes place in the distant future. And that is not ever explicitly stated as far as I could tell in this show, in this movie. But uh, they do say that the, the key allows you to, to travel through both space and time. Mm-hmm. And they escape to Earth. And they they tell the hum the, the Autobots that they are from their future and past, and Optimus Primal says that he is named after Optimus Prime. So I think the movie's pretty obviously 
showing that they are from the future and they have traveled back in time to Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's not ultimately not very relevant because they don't have any knowledge of the future or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, it is kind of interesting um, that the movie doesn't explicitly sell, uh, spell that out, but allows you to come to your own conclusion about that. Mm-hmm. And so the the movie then cuts to... Oh, I don't know if you found an image. Uh, not yet. I was going to try to give you some time to find it. Oh, you're... Oh, I thought you were looking oh, it up. Oh, sorry. My I thought bad. you were looking for it. I've Oopsies. got the Google search up, but nothing is immediately coming up. Okay, hold on. Um, here's a shot of him in vehicle form, and you, but you can't... You can kind of... This image is probably too low quality. You're too... Yep. I'm kidding. You can kind of... You can see that he has something on his grill, but you can't see any detail. Okay, I've got... Oh, here is an article with all of them labeled. Oh, it's a video. Oh! Here, can you can you see from there? Yeah. Okay, um... Well, okay, so that one's an Autobot. Uh-huh, and yeah, thank you. Decepticon. Thank you. <laughs> can I turn it towards Yeah, you? sure. Um... Maximal. Uh huh. This movie, this video is only three minutes. I could just let I it play and a... see if the text comes up on the I video. Think... Oh, you've got them all up on I your do, phone. Because I want to double check. This is Wreckers, um, which are an Autobot subgroup. There was one I definitely recognized, which was the Cybertron Elite Guard. Oh, cool. I recognized it on the shoulder because I was like, hold on. Um, there might be a Dinobot in there. That'd be cool. Um, I don't know if they're Predacons or not. I was kind of struggling to see them. And him, him being from the future, he could have conceivably fought just yeah. about any, um, any race. Would you like to see the TF Wiki list of all the variants? There's a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot for um, sure. Yeah. Some of these ton. I feel like may have just been simply results of animation errors in the original <laughs> show because they were very inconsistent with how they drew the logos. Is that real? Yeah. Wow. Is a bunny? Yeah. Um, and so we then, I believe we cut to Earth next, 1994. Yes. And uh, I think the movie both goes way out of its way to remind you that it's the 90s There's and so also cool. doesn't really do much with the setting. Nope. Other than a lack of technology, um, which uh, Star Trek yeah. insignia. <laughs> Anyways, there's one element of this movie that I'm really glad did not take place in modern day. And it was later in the film, the first time Noah meets Mirage, he's inside of Mirage in car form. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's driving. And if the movie was made today, they would 100 percent would have been a Tesla joke. And it would have been very unfunny. For sure. And it would have been very obvious. And so I'm glad this is a lack of like in these kind of movies going to do. They're either going to make obvious references to the modern day or they're going to make obvious references to the time period it's set in. I'd rather have mm-hmm. that than really obvious, like, dated modern references. Yeah. So I guess that's that's a benefit. <laughs> but um, So, yeah, we go to Earth. Do you want me to summarize this? Because I remember okay, a lot. Yeah, of, go for okay, it. I didn't go know if it. you wanted me to or not. Uh, we get to Earth. It's the 90s because the music. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we see it kind of starts on Noah. Noah's tinkering with something. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's hacking basically cable. 
um, into a device. And so his walkie-talkie goes off, and it's his younger brother, Chris. They call each other Sonic and Tails, which I thought was really kind of cute and aggressively 90s. Yes. Um, so... I think he was fixing a VHS player. Maybe. Because he, he, he had the Tupac VHS tape, and oh, then when yeah. he fixed it, Tupac came on the TV. Yeah, I didn't know. I know he mentioned cable later. Okay. Um, but so we see, so yeah, Noah's an older brother. It's him, his mom and his brother. And so, um, mom works, goes to school at night. And so he takes care of his brother and we kind of see the first like personal conflict with Noah. Um, his brother has, um, I believe it's just called stem cell disease. Something with his with the stem cells. Sickle his, cell anemia? Yes. Sickle, uh, that's what I would guess. It didn't yeah. outright say it. But um, yeah, you're right. Um, so he's hurting. So they have to. he needs to take him to the doctor. And he's got a work interview dressed up real nice. They leave. He encounters, um, I can't remember his name. The licorice guy. Uh, Reek. <laughs> yeah, Reek. Uh, Reek gives him a hard time. He's like, you're dressed like a square. Um, you know, very 90s. And so they take... Uh, Chris to the hospital and kind of like the personal issue is that um, treatment is expensive Mm -hmm. and they can't afford it. So he tries to avoid, I think the administrator, the administrator catches him and says, we can't treat your brother without um, payment. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the big conflict. Um, Noah then goes to his job interview, which I think might've been security of some form, maybe ah, it might have been higher up, but so anyways, he's rejected from the job before he even gets into the interview because the guy looked him up and he's former military who apparently doesn't play well on a team. They, that's one of the worst pieces of dialogue in the movie. It's like anytime someone says that, I just feel like adults don't typically talk like that, and that, that's something that you write into a kid's movie. Like, uh-huh. you need to learn how to be part of a team, but that wasn't the issue. Seemingly, the issue was that he was inconsistent because he had to go home and take care of his brother a lot. Yeah. And yeah, that they're like, you disappeared. He's like, I had family tra- problems. Mm-hmm. So they want to hear him. So they're on the way home. They get home and, you know, it's kind of eating Noah up because he wants to help provide. He's worried for his brother and his mom. Um, and so he, uh, Reek told him that he had an opportunity to make some money. And so Noah kind of begrudgingly goes, hangs out with Reek. So basically this plan is to steal a car from mm-hmm. a fancy gala and sell it. Um, at this point in the film, we are introduced to Elena, um, who is working in uh, the university, university on Ellis yeah. Island. And so she works in the museum department. Um, so as we see, she's very knowledgeable. Her boss totally takes advantage of her and... Takes all the credit for all her knowledge. Yep, takes all the credit. And so they got some new stuff in from Nubia and this new uh, hawk uh, statuette comes in. And lo and behold, it looks just a little bit like Air Razor. It's got the the primal... not Sorry, the uh, Maximals logo, logo on its chest. So they're trying to determine this is older than uh nubia and her her boss is like mm, okay whatever so, yeah, so her- no, sorry not only did the maximals travel back in time they went way back in yes. time and have been on earth about five thousand years i think for was quite a while yeah um because it was older than what the lab assistant stated it she mm-hmm. was like there's no way um so elena's boss actually is going to um the same gala to fundraise or whatever uh so her boss leaves and kind of basically gives Elena her laundry, and with it is her access key. Elena takes her key and gets into the restricted area of the uh, lab, 
and starts investigating this. I was going to call it the Air Razor statue because that's what it is. Yeah. The Air Razor statue. Um, now, the fact that the boss goes to the same gala doesn't really pay off at all, though. No. Like, there's no reason that she's going to the same one. Yeah. So, this I guess. in the edit that we got. Maybe there was a deleted scene. Okay. But... Per- the, apparently, there are a ton of deleted scenes that didn't make it in. Ooh, interesting. Um, so, anyways. Uh, so, with Elena, she starts kind of poking around and she shines it under a light. I'm guessing an ultraviolet or infrared light to scan it. And the statue falls apart. You mm-hmm. know, she's freaking out, as probably any sensible person would. She's about to lose her job. <laughs> and so it reveals the transwarp key. Or at least as we learn later, half of it. Yes. And so she's super confused. And as she is messing, she picks it up. It emits a beam of light into the clouds. And so... Typically, that's reserved for the third act of such movies. <laughs> typically, that is reserved for the third act. And so... Um, to make a quick side tangent back to Noah, he is now broken into the gala and he is stealing a car that has been there for a couple months. A Porsche, a silver Porsche with, uh, I think, blue racing stripes. So he's, there's actually, I think this was a funny bit where he's uh, lo- he's breaking in and he unlocks it. And in a second, it immediately locks again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought that was, that was funny. So this, I think, is a good time to bring up my my first question I have in my notes, which is, why are the Autobots hiding? Because at first I thought, oh, this is great. This because my one of my biggest problems with all of Transformers, no matter the version, is the whole robots in disguise mm-hmm. thing is rarely utilized. Mm-hmm. They are rarely in disguise. Mm-hmm. Like the concept of okay, you're a giant robot, you need to blend into humanity, you look like a vehicle, because that's what mm-hmm. that's the only thing that you can resemble, is a fascinating concept. Rarely, especially like after you get past the first movie in a series where they're like open, it it goes out the window. Mm-hmm. So like this felt like a good way to reset that. Like okay, they are on Earth, they are secretly defending Earth for whatever reason, and they are in disguise. But that is not the case. We find out later they are just simply stuck here. And mm-hmm. why? Why are they in disguise? Why is? Uh, Mirage just hanging out in this parking garage. It doesn't make any sense. I think that was my thing. I was like, for months? It doesn't make any Um, sense. But so we do get our first reveal of Optimus Prime because he sees (laughs) the beam of light. I don't think I've ever ever seen a continuity where Optimus Prime sounds this stressed the entire (laughs) time. He's a... Yeah, he's very high strung and very just annoyed with everyone the whole movie. nap. Um, and so he sees it and he, I, I, I want to say he starts freaking out, but I was always kind of like, bro, <laughs> calm down. Mm-hmm. And so he starts calling all the other Autobots. And so his voice comes in on Mirage's radio, which is the car that Noah is breaking into. Yeah, he's um, currently in the car. He's currently in the car and a security guard notices him. And the security guard's like, get out of the car. And he's like, I can't, I'm locked in. And Mirage drives away mm-hmm. and ensues a very long car case, char- car chase with multiple deaths so i think the the movie tries to pull some typical movie bs where it like tries to show that the characters aren't dead but logically this is very similar uh the the batman versus superman movie tries to seem to pull the same crap where uh batman is flagrantly killing people with his car and Zack Snyder tried to say that they're not dead i mean i don't know that one cop got hit by a semi yeah and then the other one drove straight into a pylon and flipped vertically. Mm-hmm. Those men are dead. And later, uh, 
there's they in another scene they get caught by a security guard and the <laughs> the uh, terracons just blow the wall up and that guy is a visitor. We never yeah, see him he's again. He's dead. So Mirage shows up at whatever location they're supposed to do. It's like this old uh uh I don't know some factory of some form and Mirage lets him out. Noah is kind of understandably freaking out. Real quick, just like. This is this is both notable for the scene itself, but then not notable because it doesn't barely comes up again. Mirage's name is Mirage because he can project holograms on himself. Yes, oh. and it's really prevalent in this car chase. But also, most of this car chase is real, which I really appreciate. But in the rest of the movie, very similar to, uh, I feel like the progression of the movie uh, Shang Chi starts with a good commitment to real sets and real action, and then in the second half devolves into CGI nonsense and it's really annoying. This movie, there's a fun car chase. Cause like, I would feel like, yes, we want to see the robots fighting. Yes. We want to see them in robot form and that has to be CGI. I get it. But the cars are fun too. You can, you can have like, as opposed to something like fast and furious when they start like flipping cars and doing ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense with this series. You can have cars do insane things mm-hmm. and it does make internal sense and you can do cool car stunts and stuff. And this scene is kind of the only time they really do that. They have a few other car, car chases, but it's not really big like this. Additionally, the whole uh, hologram projection thing comes up one more time in the rest of the movie, which feels like just a strange... It becomes it'd be kind of like if Superman only flew in the first scene and last scene of a <laughs> Superman movie. Like, it just yeah. is odd. So the other Autobots show up. Um, I think RC shows up next. I feel like I'm legally obligated every time I watch something to go, girl! <laughs> Anytime a girl Transformer yeah. shows up. Girl! Um, so she shows up and she's and she played by Liza Koshy, who I didn't hate. I don't, she was fine. Yeah, she was fine. Like, well, not like her as a person, just like her performance. She was fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, in the, I meant in this movie, yes. <laughs> um, And so RC's like, oh, I'm just going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. And Mirage's like, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll be fine. And um, Bumblebee shows up, our boy bumblebee and uh optimus shows up and guess what he's pissed bumblebee still talks through supposedly talks through the quote radio uh-huh. and even if you extend him to be able to talk through television the things that he's a- the the sound prints he's able to pull out don't make any sense it is like why does he have access to these very specific quotes child with unregulated internet access yeah exactly um so the you know the Autobots are like we can't have humans because they're not trustworthy. Um, Which is Bumble- not what you'd expect Optimus Prime to be saying. No, and Bumblebee takes offense to that because I mean mm-hmm. as we see in the 2018 Bumblebee film, and uh, Optimus acknowledges that he's like, okay, yeah, you found one that was mm-hmm. fine. Um, so obviously, Bumblebee hasn't been around her for a while. Um, I will say, I really liked Optimus's problem solving with Noah. His idea was to make like to prevent him from leaving was to put him in a high spot where he yeah, couldn't he, get down. It was just it's, it's funny. That's what I do to my cat. I don't put her <laughs> in high places. I put things out of her reach because I don't trust her. So we're gonna cut in here. Uh, we went really long tonight, and we were looking forward to what we want to do in the in the next week. And we decided that we want to watch and review the original 2007 Transformers film. And we 
that's a long, a decently long movie, so we didn't really want to watch that and try to record next week. Yeah. And also, our review of Rise of the Beast went on a little longer than anticipated, which is totally cool. So what we're going to do now is we're going to split this episode up into two parts. So right now, you are at the end of part one, and you will be able to hear the rest of our review next week. Just think of it like any other blockbuster that splits into one and two parts. <laughs> and we're, yeah, I mean that's super common this year. You've got if you got, I mean spoilers. The Spider Verse movie, uh, Fast X did it. Uh, we know that um, the next Mission Impossible movie coming out this year is going to do it. Imagine if Oppenheimer does it. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Or Barbie, or Dune coming out later this year is the next is the second part. Um, so, anyways, thank you for listening this week. We hope you've enjoyed the review thus far. Um, I apologize again for going way too long on listing all the actors in the I don't. movies. I, I don't apologize. <laughs> this is Cameron and Rachel saying, tune in next week for more robot monkey action. Monkey. <laughs> monkey.